0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats to Chaudhry. I hope you're safe and well. Today, I'm continuing on my Reflections and Forecast 2022-23 interview series, where I interview senior executives across the life science, pharma and biopharma value chain to get their views in the last 12 months, but also look ahead and get their predictions for 2023. And I'm delighted to be joined almost a year to the day with Jack's Executive Chairman, Jay Walker. So Jay, it's lovely to see you. How are you, first of all?
1: And Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And I'm fortunate to say myself and my family are excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Well, that's a good start to the interview then. Uh, Now,
0: the last time you and I actually spoke, as I said, it was almost a year to the day when we talked about your forever licensing deal. I'm sure we'll touch upon that when we look back on the last 12 months. But before we start talking about anything in relation to the last 12 months, for people not familiar with
1: Abijek, would you mind just giving me a quick overview of Abijek, please? Absolutely. So Appject is a medical technology company that is unlocking the packaging technology of blow, fill, seal for injectables. And this means that more pharma companies can economically fill, finish their drug products in pre-filled injection formats, which is what all pharma companies prefer when it's affordable and available. Uh, blow, fill, seal, or BFS for short, has many advantages as one over current fill and finish operations. For example, it's highly scalable. So you can produce millions of pre-filled syringes in a very short time. It's a cost-effective aseptic fill finish process. And it's already used globally by some of the largest pharma companies to package tens of billions of units of sterile liquids every year. So it's well-established and well-understood and it's extremely energy efficient since there's no glass manufacturing. And reducing energy and carbon footprints is a critical priority for many of today's global pharma companies. So we're building at appeject on this globally trusted BFS technologies pretty much in three ways. The first is we're turning a BFS container into a pre-filled syringe. So this essentially gives pre-filled syringe manufacturing, the same cost and scale benefits of BFS. This, You know, as part of that, that makes it possible because needle hubs we make are easily attached right. to the specially designed BFS containers. And then we're doing a lot of work in temperature control of the drug product throughout the process here at Apiject. And managing that means you can fill a much wider range of BFS, such as mRNA. And third, we're building a technology platform that will better enable markets around the world to give all patients uh, the injectable medicines they need quick, equitably and safely. More than a million people die every year from unsafe injections and from reused needles, which is tragic and totally preventable. That's average. All, right. all
0: right, fantastic. Now, let's look back on 2022. And first question
1: is, describe the last year in one word and why. One year, it was a great year for AppEject, a really strong year. Um, as you mentioned, uh, a year ago, we entered into a 10 year partnership agreement with Fereva, uh, a global operator in, in the Phil Finish and drug development area, to be both a technology partner and a manufacturing partner this year they're almost ready to schedule to complete building and installing three bfs lines three high volume bfs lines with the new apiject technology right in their buildings in their site in nna france and these lines can do uh, aseptically up to 500 million doses a year of vaccines and large molecules In March, we opened our new technology development center in Greater Orlando, and this is a 16,000 square foot facility that allows us to support our pharma partners when they create and test their drug products in a wide range of pre-filled syringe options using BFS. And so the great advantage of plastic is you can focus on customer needs and custom make almost any container shape or size or characteristic or needle length that you want. Third, it wouldn't be a great year without raising capital for a young company like ours we successfully closed our latest capital round of $111 million, all in common stock. And we're very excited to have Royalty Pharma, a multi-billion dollar public company, as a new major investor and partner to help us continue to grow. So our current investors all participated in the round, including Jeffries and Company, our original lead investor who remains so. And then last, we continue to work with the U.S. government, the federal government. Uh, we were originally part of the U.S. government's Operation Warp Speed to rapidly develop and distribute COVID-19 vaccines, and we continued our partnership uh, with the U.S. government to create greater domestic reshoring of fill finished capacity for emergency and commercial uses, so we had a lot going on at <laughs> right? And how would you have described
0: the year in one word, though, Jay? Growth. Well, if that sums it up, then perfect. <laughs> um, also, though, looking back at 2022, I mean, what challenges did you see the sector face and what developments really stood out for you?
1: We need to talk about the elephant in the room. The COVID pandemic is not over. Uh, three or 4,000 people just in the United States died last week, and it's still going on all around the world. Sure. It's the number three reported cause of death in the US in 2022. But thanks in large part to the availability of vaccines, testing, and a limited uh, case of therapeutics created by the pharmaceutical and biotech industries, 2022 also felt like the first year where people and businesses were starting to get back to normal. But the sector faced many challenges, several of which will continue into 2023 for sure. The one we most paid attention to at Apiject is the continued supply chain difficulties that many pharmaceutical companies face for both materials as well as fill finish services. 2022, like 2021 and 2020, was year of COVID challenges and and supply chain issues. But coming soon, there's gonna be a need for a dramatic amount of long COVID treatments and therapies that we didn't meet. Our treatment toolbox with monoclonals is almost out. We made no real progress on sub $1 testing that is fast and easy, which we've got to do. There's really no significant universal coronavirus vaccine in the works and warp speed has spoiled us to expect miracles. You know, and there's another issue that's close to our heart here at Apiject, due in part to our global health origins, and that's the slide in childhood vaccination rates around the world. Due to the pandemic, childhood vaccination rates slid to their lowest levels in more than 20 years. We've gone backwards, not immunizing millions and millions of children, large part due to the supply chain failures caused by the COVID pandemic. And also the fact that a lot of the industry and the governments had to focus on the emergency at hand. And of course, like all things, prevention and children tend to be the last in line. Right. I mean, you talked about supply chain, but you as a business, how have you managed to overcome the supply chain issues? We have an enormous advantage in supply chain. We only use two raw materials, widely available pharmaceutical grade plastic and needle hubs, cannula. So we don't have all the stoppers and and syringe components and assembly and all the things you have to do. We don't have washing and cleaning and crimps. So fundamentally, when you take all the elements out of the supply chain, your supply chain is much, much more resilient. In addition, a BFS machine is small. Even with the packaging lines and and the inspection in place, we take very little square footprint compared to, you know, fill finish facilities, which are large with giant clean rooms. The clean room, clean area in a BFS is the size of a shoebox. That means your resilience is much, much higher when you use the ApiJek technology. Right. Now, you already touched upon this a bit, I think, in your
0: previous answer, though. You looked at the challenges. But are there any areas you think the industry could
1: have improved? Yeah, I think the industry has had a relentless focus on efficiency and margin, which is understandable, given that they're almost entirely public companies. Sure. But the world has changed, and the change, we're in the third year of it. Right. And that is the fragile and unreliable global supply chain for drug development as well as fill finish. I think the industry can improve by embracing the permanence of reshoring and onshoring manufacturing in many different countries. I know that the government of Indonesia just announced their top 200 products would, medical products would all be made in Indonesia within the next two years. That is an enormous sea change in a country the size of Indonesia. And whether or not they succeed at it in two years or three years, this is equally true for all countries because vaccine nationalism demonstrated that when the chips are down, countries are going to want to have it on shore. And I think that works exactly the opposite of centralized globalization. And I think we're not seeing enough CEOs and global supply chain managers recognize that this strategic shift is going to be decades long this time.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that actually leads very nicely on to looking at this year. So um, in terms of 2023, what are your predictions for
1: the biopharma pharma pharma sector, if you like, from a macro level? Well, from a macro level, I think capital issues are going to be the biggest this year for young companies and for startups. Um, You know, you can't open a newspaper or or look at the web and not see that the world is retrenching in the technology area. And that, of course, is going to drive up the cost of capital. It will drive up the risk uh, premiums that young companies will have to pay. And that's going to Undoubtedly create a chilling effect all throughout the biopharma industry, certainly at the feeding part of the industry. On the other side, there's going to be new technology advances almost at a breathtaking speed. I know clearly it, every week in Science and Nature or in all the leading journals, you start to see the pace of change has picked up so dramatically. Um, it, it's really astounding. Areas like artificial intelligence and machine learning are clearly in the data space revamping the entire way we test, think about, discover uh, you know, pharmaceuticals and molecules. And I think we're going to have that in 2023 double or triple. But on the other side, we're facing a crisis undoubtedly in COVID. It's just a matter of time before I believe uh, the virus, the current COVID virus mutates to uh, a form that none of our vaccines will work. All of our vaccines rely on attacking the the spike protein, which means if the virus mutates into a way that the spike protein isn't the major element of it or disguises itself, we will have to start over. The world does, is not ready for starting over. So well, this could be, and I believe it will be by the end of the year, a crisis in acute COVID in addition to the crisis in long COVID, which I'm happy to talk about if you want. Well, please do because I've got you here and tell me more about that as well. Well, most people think of COVID as an acute disease. That's sort of like thinking of polio as an acute disease, right? It's not, it's like thinking of HIV as an acute disease. What long COVID is, is really COVID AIDS right? It's a multi-year lifetime uh, effect of your vascular system, uh, specifically all your ACE2 proteins being attacked by the virus, including the brain, which is why it's a multi-system attack. This is not a respiratory disease. It's an every organ disease because, of course, your vascular system goes everywhere. We know that somewhere between 10 and 25% of people who have had COVID once Uh, develop significant symptoms. But once you have it two or three times, it continues to go up. Unlike the flu, which is not cumulative and is not systemic in nearly this way, COVID is. And we are going to see the largest long-term health crisis in the long COVID area. This, of course, is a giant... Opportunity for biopharma and the pharma industry because we clearly are going to need to do something about it, given the scale and the impact to our workforces as well as our militaries. But this long COVID is the long term version of the disease, and everybody is focused on the, oh, I'm fine. I recovered. It was not so bad for me. No, no, that's not how it works with HIV, and it's not how it works with COVID. Well, it's interesting you say that, Jay, because I've
0: got to say, You know, obviously covering the sector, as I do and looking at the news, very little, if anything, has been written about what you've just said in terms of the implications
1: for pharma and the work they should be doing in that area. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there's a psychological tiredness. If you look back through history, you know, you had this period in the 1930s called the Phony War. Where really, you know, Nazi Germany was at war with the rest of the world, only there was no real war. Everybody was so tired still from World War I, they didn't even want to conceptualize that they were heading towards barreling towards World War II. I think everybody is sort of fatigued. They've paid their dues. We've done it. We've all gotten sick. We're now better. I just think there's a mass a denial going into the global population. And that denial in many ways gets reinforced by a self-perpetuating media. People simply have learned as much as they wanna learn. And until the threat becomes real or affects them personally, everybody moves on. But if you're immunocompromised or if you're one of the millions and millions of people globally who can't go to work, hell can't get out of bed some days, this is nowhere near over. But humans are humans, and they get tired. Right. Well, that's really interesting. It's something
0: I'm going to look out for more of, actually, to see what we Let's
1: hope about. I'm wrong when we talk in a year. How about that? Let's hope so. Yeah, I certainly hope I'm, you are. I right. am prepared to be totally <laughs> wrong in a year, and you say, Jay, you were an alarmist. You were totally wrong, and I'm going to say... Thank you, I was. Well, yeah, let's hope we have that conversation in the years. I'm time. all for it. Now, now, let's looking ahead,
0: though, in terms of your specific area that Abject's involved in, in terms of blow fuel seal technology, but also drug delivery for vaccines, if we want to broaden out to that as
1: well. What are your uh, predictions in terms of developments and trends within that space? Well, 2023, I believe, is going to be an exciting year for Apiject. We're going to continue making real progress uh, with multiple pharma partners, both in the US and around the world. While I don't have any announcements at this moment, I think we're going to have some very positive news coming in the next few months. For example, our team is also moving very well in improving even further temperature controls throughout the advances. And we're supported on this by the U.S. government funding for, from both HHS and Department of Defense. So you're gonna see us managing heat sensitive biologics, which we already do, but we're gonna manage it even better all the way through ultra cold mRNA. The sheer fact is the U.S. and the world need a rapidly scalable, reliable supply chain answer whenever we need to make and distribute and fill finished drugs quickly. We're also gonna grow probably double our development capabilities by expanding our technology development center in Orlando. By having a large technology dev center, we can work with many different pharma companies at the same time. And it's part of our continuing work with the U.S. government to onshore R&D and manufacturing capabilities for BFS and other pharmaceutical processes. Third, I think this is gonna be the first full year That our device and global health teams will have the chance to meet in person with local patient focus groups and healthcare officials and ministers around the world to better understand how Apiject can improve equity access and reliability of essential medicines and vaccines. We have offices in Geneva, Switzerland, specifically for that purpose. And we've opened a new tech development lab in London to allow us to additionally create even more high-tech answers at low cost. And that is exactly what I think AppEject is positioned for.
0: So Jay, one last question then. As we are at the beginning of the year, what message
1: have you got for the viewers out there? Well, thank you. You know, one of the other hats that I wear, other than being CEO of Apiject, is that I'm the curator of the TED Conference for Health and Medicine, TED-Med. And that allows me to talk to hundreds of scientists, PhD, policymakers, health ministers, inventors, all around the world. All right. And it also allows me to take a broad look at the medical landscape. So I can tell you, this is about the most exciting time ever, for biotechnology and pharma. We live in a mobile world and everything but medicine is on the internet of things. This is crazy. We're gonna have dose tracking at the point of injection and throughout the supply chain. We should know where every dose of medicine is, when and where it's being used in real time. These are technologies that will improve the quality of life and safety of billions of people because there are more mobile phones than toothbrushes in the world this is the sea change, the step function we're looking for. And this year, not counting the challenges we face with the virus and its derivatives is going to be the first of many years of extraordinary growth and changes, whether it's gene editing or literally information processing that allows you to unlock the brain, the heart, and all kinds of electrical systems in our body. So- Couldn't be more excited for the years ahead, starting with this one. That's brilliant, Jay. Well, look,
0: thank you for finishing on such a positive note. I'm glad to see. So that's fantastic. Well, all that's left for me to say, Jay, is that, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time I talked to me. It's really interesting talking to you and inspiring, actually, hearing what you have to say. So I wish you, your loved ones, and everyone in Abijek a fantastic 2023, full of success, happiness, and more importantly, health,
1: of course, as well. You and your family as well. Uh, Thank you for having me. I look forward to being wrong next year. (laughs) Well, I hope you are in some respects and right in other ways.
0: Um, (laughs) And viewers, if you have any questions based on what Jay has said today, and he's obviously said quite a lot of different interesting things there, feel free to put them in the comments below the video, or you can message Jay directly. He is on LinkedIn as well, and all that stuff. Me to say is Jay. Once again, thank you very much. And viewers, I wish you a fantastic 2023, full of success, happiness, and good health as well. And Until next time, as always, stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.